Give them a big hand now. Praise the Lord. Guys, I must tell you, and Lisa, that you add a lot to this service. I don't know. You usher in the presence of the Lord or something special when we come together and we worship Him and magnify His wonderful name and we prepare our hearts. We prepare to receive what God has for us. I've got a little message today and the title of it uh, is called A New Year Without Fear. How many would like that? A new year without fear. That's what we're looking for in 2020. 2020, can you imagine? It's a long ways from 1953. When God blessed this world, when my mother gave birth to me, and everybody else told her that I was a mistake, but she knew better. Hallelujah. I'm a, I was a gift of God. Praise the Lord. Now that's, I'm standing on it. So there you go. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what the Lord has done for me. Could you put up that verse for me? Thank you. I loved it. I hadn't heard this song before when we sang it. And all my life, you have been faithful. I can honestly say that. God has been so good to me. I bowed the knee when I was 19 years old. As wild and wooly as a young man could be. I tried everything that this world has had to offer. You see, why I'm so happy and why I'm so thrilled when we uh, partake of the table, you see, I realize, you don't know, where I come from. I come from the gutter to where I am today. And at 19 years old, when I accepted Christ into my heart and life, he changed my outlook. He changed my life. And the song we sing is, although it's slow going, still there is a knowing that Jesus lifted me. All of my life, you have been faithful. And all of my life, you've been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And that's why we're here today. We're here to uplift and to encourage you to realize afresh of the goodness of God. Many times we don't realize it, you know, although we've seen it, we've been in it, we heard it, and we are lackadaisical. But God is so good. He is so faithful. We used to sing a song when, when I first got saved, why should I fear when the Lord is on my side? Why should I fear when in his love I hide? He is to me my fortress and my rock. Why should I fear? A new year without fear in 2020. Here we are in 2020, a new year. I'm sure if I was to ask each one of you, you would have something that's concerning you. Just put up your hands, just quickly. If you've had something this year that has concerned you. Well, I have. And some of you have right now things that are concerning to you. But I'm going to try and give you from God's word something to encourage you and to help you through. Because you see, I don't want you just coming in here and having a, a fine time and sing a few songs and leave. I want there to be a change in my life. And I'm sure some of you want to receive a change in your life. And you receive that change when you accept what the Word of God says to you and encourages you, but not only accept it, but live it. Live it. Encourage yourself in the Lord. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm so thrilled. So if I was to ask if you have anything concerning you, as we have entered into a brand new year, most folks are afraid of something. 
the unknown, the uncharted waters, none of, you know, what this year has in store for us, because we're not promised tomorrow. Long ago, when the old map makers drew maps, they would draw the maps, and they could only draw them as far as they have gone to see. We don't, they didn't have the technology that there is today that they can uh, do the maps and finish them. They could only draw as far as they knew. And, for, no, and no further. They didn't have the modern technology. And many maps, once they had been mapped, finished, and of what they had known, they would write, beyond this, there may be dragons. Because they didn't know what was beyond that. And we don't know what the future holds for us. And they didn't know. And they said, there may be dragons out there. My grandson would like that. He likes these dragons. His father fills him with imagination. He's got a great imagination. No offense, Patsy. That's his father's mother. But he would fill his head with magic sometimes, and I would shake my head to him. And, but my grandsons are lovely boys, and they know the Lord. But they would be pleased to know that there's, on the maps of old, that they would say there, there is dragons out there. Truth to be known, what's beyond there, they knew that it wasn't dragons. There was beautiful rivers, golden beaches, green pastures. Fear of the unknown held them back from experiences. I haven't been born, as I've indicated, with a silver spoon in my mouth. And I've had seasons in my life where I've been filled with fear. Well, I can't tell you them all at one time because we'd be here a long time. But uh, I've been through a lot. I've had six heart attacks, two open heart surgeries. On my second time I went in for open heart surgery, uh, it was down in St. Joseph's. I'll tell you. Well, so anyway, the first time when I looked back, there was a fear of looking back at my family, not knowing what was going to happen. Because here, I'm going into the unknown. I didn't know what was ahead of me. I'd never been there before. But the second time I got done, I'd been there before, so I had a rough idea of what was going to happen. And I really wasn't looking forward to it. Because you see, it wasn't so much my heart that hurt. It was up here. This was the battleground. And I couldn't get past it. The medicine they'd given me had a huge strange effect on me. And I remember the second time I, I, they told my wife and the family that I was coming up. And then all of a sudden, there was no sign of me. Something happened when I was in surgery, and they had to put me out again. With the results, they gave me a lot more anesthesia. And I don't react, react well to anesthesia. And little did I know I was going to react the way I did. This is a true story, I'm telling you. How do I know it's true? Because it happened to me. I was the one that was lying there. And I remember coming to and there was tubes coming out of everywhere, and my chest hurt and things like that. But the worst part was, it was like being in a James Bond movie. And I was James Bond. <laughs> and as I lay there, my imagination, like my grandson's, went wild. And there was a grate in the roof, and every time I had a bad thought, they would fire arrows at me, trying to kill me. And they were after my family. They were going to destroy my family. And I put my pillow on here to try it. And I would try to tell Maggie, but sometimes she's a little bit hard on me. And she didn't give me any sympathy at all. 
So if you're looking for sympathy in this church today, don't go to Maggie, because she doesn't give sympathy. And all I had was my two girls, Bonnie and Melissa. And they seemed, I thought, this downtime, I thought that they knew what was going on. Well, I was in such a state, I was mad at Maggie. I think if I could have got my hands on her, I might have, she might not be here today. I was so mad at her. And, uh, but Melissa was the chosen one to have to stay with me, and she'll vouch for this. So I'm in this place, and they would come in, in semi-consciousness. And they would come and they would prick my finger. And every time they'll prick my I said, they're killing me. They're doing something to me. I'm, go I'm not going to make it out of this bed. And not only that, they're going for my family. And I was just mindset in this movie scene being with them trying to kill me. So I then, Melissa was the one that was left with me. And we didn't know at the time when she just had become pregnant with Liam. Elizabeth, was it that long ago? She was pregnant with uh, Elizabeth and we never knew. Anyway, I'm lying in bed and they would come and do all these things and my mind's going round. Fear. Fear's a terrible thing. Fear that gripped me. And I didn't know how to get out of it. I couldn't handle it. I was all thingied up. And I said to her, she, she began to cry too. I said to Melissa, give me that. You know the thing, a plastic thing that you put in your hand and you blow into to give you strength in your lungs? Well, that was there next to me, but I couldn't reach it. I says to her, get me that cup. She says, oh, Dad, don't get me that cup. They won't touch you. I'll finish them off with one pound. <laughs> right, Melissa? So Melissa started to cry as I'm lying there. Anyway, long story short, I have experienced fear. And today, if I, that, that was a twi I've said six heart attacks, two open heart surgery. If I had to go in again, it's not so much the surgery. It's the fear that I have of the effect that anesthesia had. It made me crazy. So if all of you that take drugs, I would stop them because it's not a good effect when they take hold of you. I've never taken drugs, by the way. So the, uh, it was a, a bad experience. But I've experienced fear. But I'm going to show you a scripture today that you can hold on to. Regardless of what you're going through, you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. It says, let your conduct be without contentiousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That was, that's Jesus' promises to you and I. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll never let us down. He'll always be there for us. No matter what we're facing, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. What can man do to me? The scripture should be put, should put a smile on your face. It did to me this morning. Shoulders back, chin up, but always be ready to duck and weave. That's what they told me when I boxed in the army. Shoulders back, chin up, but always be ready to duck and weave. And that's my advice to you today. The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. Another nugget, a nugget I want to point out is a very important 
to be content with what you have. Discontentment is like a, a disease. It takes away your joy and your peace. So what is contentment? Contentment is not getting what you want, but wanting what you already have. I heard it said, contentment can make you make a poor man rich, and discontentment makes a rich man poor. Be content. There's a story of a poor man who said to a rich man, I'm richer than you. The rich man said, why is that? He says, I have everything I want, and you don't. Have you heard about the tale of the two tears? Have you heard that story? Of two tears. They met along the river bank of life. One tear said to the other tear, I'm the tear of the girl who loved a man and lost him. Or the other tear said, I'm the tear of the ma woman that found him and married him. Did you get it? I'm the tear of the woman that found him and married him. I thought I would get a better response than that. Never mind. Many times we think we want something and get disappointed when it doesn't happen. Then we look back and we can see how God has had his hand in on it all the way. I've done that many times as I look back and I realized if I'd got what I desired and wanted, it would have been a disaster. And I can see God's hand on situations where I didn't get what I want. The car wash up the road there, I got that car wash, but it was what I wanted. And it brought me to my knees, and Bonnie to our knees too. Yeah. Brought us to our knees, we lost everything there. But see, it was not what God wanted, that I wanted, I wanted what I wanted. And my desire was for that. Oh, I wish he'd held it back, and I didn't have to go through that experience. We get disappointed when things don't happen. Then we look back and we can see how God has had his hand in it all the way. In Philippians 4, verse 11, Paul wrote this, Paul wrote this while he was in prison. I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. Paul had the key, even though he was locked up. Whatever state I find myself in, to be content. He was a free man. At the end of last year, I had, this just the end of last year, I had quite a roller coaster myself. I was up and down. We say I have a saying in, say in Scotland. I'll move over here because Maggie won't discourage me from saying it. We have a, a saying in Scotland that uh, people will say to you when there's one thing wrong and then there's a, oh, my belly, oh, my bum or my finger, or my thumb. If it's not one thing, it's another. Well, I had that experience happen to me at the end of the year. If it wasn't one thing, it was another, and it would wear me down. And Gail Baylor would phone me, and she would be determined to get me to tell her what was wrong with me. And I would try and wave her off. She didn't realize what Maggie had told me. So I had something wrong with me every week. Well, one day we were getting ready to go out to dinner with some of our friends. And she looked at me and she says, Derek, oh, she says that, I, I shudder to think what she's going to tell me. She says, Derek, I don't want you, I don't want to hear about your ailments. Tonight, 
when we go out with our friends. And she said, to be honest, I'm tired of hearing it. And I'm sure they must be too. So that's what I got told. Again, looking for a little bit of sympathy, telling her what the problem was. I don't want to hear about your ailments tonight. Keep your mouth shut. Because, and I've, I've gone through it before, where people will come up to you, oh, how you doing? They'll come up to you and you start in on them. Well, after a little while, they don't come up to you and ask how you're doing. They keep clear of you. So question that. And she said to me, and if you're not careful, I said to me, just going out for a nice evening out with my friends. And if you're not careful, she says, you'll be turned into a George Bruce. You might ask me, who is George Bruce? George Bruce was a cousin of Robert Cameron, who will be coming here at the end of, when's he coming? But you'll really enjoy Robert. He's, he's tremendous, tremendous speaker, singer, songwriter. So uh, Robert was our youth pastor back then. And Robert would tell us about George Bruce. He would always tell us never to ask George how he was doing. See, I've stopped telling Gail any of my problems. I can't. I've been told not to. Or you would, you, he, he, you would be there all night. Robert was telling us the last time he was here, he says, well, George, how are you doing? Or in Scottish, he'd say, if it like the day. And George says, well, well just do it a minute and let me tell you. In other words, he came away with us all pages and pages of ailments that he had on my belly. And he'd tell us all about it. He had so many ailments, it would take an hour. After Maggie reminded me of that, we looked at each other, and I'll tell you, we laughed. And we laughed to each other. So if I don't tell you or I don't answer you when you're asked what's wrong with me, you'll know the reason why. But you know, as we laughed, we realized the scripture, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. We can get up with, caught up with things. We can't enjoy the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. One thing for sure, his promise is true. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is faithful. Whatever you find yourself going through, he says he will never leave us nor forsake us. One, one time I got this when I was going through a really bad valley, and I've shared it with others when they've been going through a, a tough valley. And it was a saying that I learned and I quoted it to myself. He would not have taught me to trust in his name and this far have brought me to put me to shame. That word was for me that I repeated. I was going through a really valley experience. And it was just a word that I came into me. He would not have taught me. He hasn't taught you to trust in his name and then bring you and put you to shame. He's there all the time. But the Lord is my helper. What will I fear? And his promises is true. He will never leave you nor forsake you. How many of us today have had times this year where it's been very difficult, when it's been hard, and there are people that we're praying for and we can't see no change? But I'll tell you, God is faithful. His God is faithful to us all. And if you've got a prayer request this morning, 
I'm going to pray from here. But if you've got something that's really come against you and you're finding it difficult to deal with, let me tell you, he's our helper. And he'll see you through. He will never leave us or forsake us. So if you'd like for me to pray this morning in the closing moments of this service, John, would your team come forward? Hallelujah. Just take a moment. It might not be for you. It might be for someone you love. I personally have got great prayers for Gwen. She hasn't been doing well this week. And she needs a completed miracle. With the illness that she has, people don't normally live past six months. But she's had it for nearly two and a half years. And God has had his hand upon him. And I'm still standing with her, and I'm still believing that the Lord is going to raise her up. I'm believing that. I'm trusting in that. So for me, I'll be standing in for Gwen this morning. As I close my eyes and I think of her, but yet I think of the goodness of Jesus. He will never leave us, nor forsake us. So if you raise your hand this morning, just keep it up. Don't be ashamed. If you want to keep it up, I'm going to pray. I'm going to close my eyes. And I'm going to pray that the Lord will undertake for you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just come from into your presence this morning. As we ushered in your presence with the praise and the worship and adoration unto you. We thank you for where you've brought us from and to where we are today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for being so faithful and being there all the time. You say in your word, Lord, that where two or three are gathered, you're there with us in the midst. Lord, you see the hands raised this morning, every single one of them. Lord, as I look upon the, the sea of the folks, I just pray that, Lord, you will undertake for them and you alone are the only one that can meet their need, whatever it may be, whatever any of us are facing, I know that you're going to bring us through. Not any old help, but wonderfully victorious in Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for the world. Who should, how shall we fear when you're on our side? And I thank you tonight, to this morning, Lord, that you will bless these folks as they've come and that they'll receive your word today, and that they'll be blessed for coming here this morning. We thank you for Peggy, Lord, as she's at home in Macon. We pray that, Lord, you'll, you'll continue the healing process that she's having. We thank you for our baby. We thank you for the miracle of Joseph and Tierra and the, and the new baby. We're grateful for them all. We're thankful for Johnny, Lord, for bringing him through that experience he had last week. And Lord, we continue to ask you to have your hand upon him. We thank you for Catherine Martin that's not with us today, Lord, but your hand will be upon her as she's gone through the surgery. Lord Jesus, just we pray for her and her two wonderful children and her wonderful husband. We pray for them all as a family. Thank you, Jesus. As we raise our hands, those that need prayer this morning, the Lord knows what you need. And I'm asking him to look into your heart and to see what you're in need of. 